In this episode, you'll get to hear how Dr. Christy Ferguson used her own experience of going through many, many health challenges in her younger years to fuel her desire to help other people and create the successful brand, The Food Psychologist. Welcome to the Get Out Your Way podcast. I'm your host, Osman Sharif from Rapid Transformation, and I'm here to help you get unstuck so you can rapidly grow your business. As a performance coach for small business owners, I know how vital it is for you to truly embrace entrepreneurship from the inside out, which includes transforming your mindset and using strategies that really work with your unique talents, skills, and entrepreneurial superpower. So are you ready to get out your way? Then let's get started. So welcome to episode number 18, and I have got another very special guest for you. You're in for a real treat. I had a great conversation with Dr. Christy Ferguson and we talked about her own experiences of going through many different health challenges throughout her younger years and how that fueled her desire to learn and also to help other people to combat some of those challenges as well. We dive into how she started her business in terms of the food psychologist and how that's gone from strength to strength and how she's used her own unique entrepreneurial superpower through that journey as well. You'll get to hear lots of great inspiration and tactics in terms of how she's helped herself get out her way and I'm sure you're going to be in for a real treat. So sit back, relax and enjoy. So welcome, welcome to episode number 18 and I have got another very special guest for you and this guest is an NLP student of mine from 10 years ago and she sticks in my mind and I'll tell you why in a second but welcome Dr. Christy Ferguson, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Perfect. I remember um, when you were on my NLP course back in Glasgow, we were in the Novotel Hotel and I still have visions of that over 10 years ago where you were literally about to give birth. Do you remember that? Yes, that's right. And she's going to be 10 soon. (laughs) That's scary in terms of how it doesn't feel like 10 years ago. Um, And I still remember particularly the section in NLP where I talk about how you can manage your state and no matter what happens. And all I kept remembering was, please, Christy, do not go into labor, right? Because I have no idea how I'm going to handle that. (laughs) That would be a great class experiment, wouldn't it? Let's see if everyone can stay calm. (laughs) Exactly. I think probably now, after having kind of experienced um, labor from the husband's side, I might be a bit more calm. But back then, I was obviously young, naive, and I didn't have a clue about how all those stuff really worked technically. Um, But I do love the fact that even from knowing you and getting to spend that week with you on the NLP course, You've always been someone that doesn't do anything by half measures. You're also doing your PhD thesis at that point as well. Is that right? Yes, I was just finishing up my PhD in psychology and I was doing a chartership um, in health psychology. But the reason I was on the NLP course was because I was also doing, oh my goodness, it sounds terrible. I was also doing a um, degree in nutritional therapy. And as part of that, we had to do um, sort of an NLP component. So I was doing all four at the same time as being eight and a half months pregnant. Exactly. (laughs) So if anybody ever hears themselves saying, oh, I just, I don't have enough time or I've got too much on my plate, just think back to (laughs) Christy and in terms of what you managed to fit in before Ella was born. Definitely. So obviously, I know a lot about you. And I've, I've really enjoyed seeing the journey in terms of your brand growing and evolving over those 10 years. But if you can share with my listeners here in terms of, you know, a bit more about who you are, 
what you do and what got you to be doing what you're doing in this present day. Yes, I think it's interesting, especially since I've just said that I've done, I was doing all those things at the same time. The reason that I've sort of gone into this line as a psychologist, nutritionist, my, my company is the food psychologist, was because and when I was about 12 years old, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. So really, when you start out that way, you probably should be taking it easier <laughs> as you get older. But it's obviously something in my personality. So I was diagnosed, I was sort of just going into first year at school, um, into high school, and I was very just not keeping very well at all um and after about nine months of going back and forth to the doctors they'd eventually diagnose me with ME chronic fatigue syndrome which actually at the time I think was often referred to as the yuppie flu um it wasn't very highly recognized um and so it took quite a long time to to get that diagnosis and so that sort of propelled me into a very different journey from my peers who were going to school all the time they were doing you know usual teenage stuff um, and I spent most of my teens trying to figure out what was going wrong with me and we're all around the country meeting all sorts of alternative practitioners so I think my my sort of start in life was slightly different in that sense and that kind of pushed me into this almost alternative health world from quite a young age. So what then inspired you to then go right I'm going to go all in this and go and do your learning and obviously your studies and then ultimately having this brand was that something that came quite easily or was it just something you kind of fell into would you say? Well, I think, I mean, originally, um, I mean, I left school at 16 um, and decided to, uh, it just wasn't working for me school. So I really wanted to go to university. And I was really interested at that point because I was still struggling a lot with my health issues. But there was a side of it that this could be in your head, especially for chronic fatigue. I mean, it was very much treated a lot of the time, more about the medical profession, that maybe this was something, a, a psychosomatic condition. And so I was really interested in psychology. I went on and that's made me start a degree in psychology. And that's what I was training in at Strathclyde University. And I must have been about 19, I went and visited a naturopath who really changed my whole perception of my body. Now, I know nowadays we've got all these with Instagram and social media, there's all about food and nutrition and the importance of eating healthy I remember the first time that was introduced to me, it seemed like such an alien concept that what you eat, which now seems weird, that what you eat would have an impact on how you feel. And so that really was an instrumental shift for me because I then had to start looking at my diet and how I was living, the the lifestyle choices that I was making. And to be honest, that was I'd done lots of different types of alternative therapies and all, all, tried all kinds of things. And that was the first thing that really started to make a shift for me, was looking at my diet, my nutrition, what I was putting in my body. And over the next course of the next few years from there into my early 20s, I started to learn a lot more about how to support myself on a nutritional level. And I started learning about functional medicine and clinical nutrition. And then that then led me in to do my uh, degree in nutrition while I was doing the PhD in psychology. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and then I, I think by the end of sort of mid-20s, when I was sort of finishing up, um, people kept saying to me, so, so what you did psychology, you did nutrition, what is it you do? And then that's where the, the food psychologist evolved, I guess, from there, because people couldn't really understand which direction I was going in and what I was focusing on. 
Definitely. And I love the fact that, you know, even with that brand, the food psychologist, it, it really does say what it does on the tin in that way. And it kind of gives you that unique selling point. So it's not just the psychology, but it's also that combination of the nutrition. So I've always, even when you first launched that, I just remember that is so you, which is great. <laughs> Yeah, it's been great. Um, and I, I kind of work on both levels. So a lot of the stuff is around, you know, a lot of time I work with women um, and men as well, but predominantly women, because we do a lot on um, our relationship with food. Uh, I While I was going through a lot of my health issues, I had a lot of eating problems as well. Um, I suffered from bulimia for a long, long time, um, right up until I got pregnant. And so I had all that challenging relationship with food going on. And so a lot of times people can know what they're supposed to be eating, but they have a lot of those hang-ups and they need to work on a different level almost to change their relationship with food. So there's that side to it. But then also I work a lot with people who have health conditions like I did, whether it's digestive problems, hormone conditions. And we look at, not as an alternative to the doctors, but really looking at an integrative approach. So, you know, you're, you're going to the doctors for different investigations. What can we do on, a, a, on another level in terms of diet, supplementation, lifestyle? We do functional medicine testing and really try and support you uh, on a more holistic level and, and an integrative approach. And so that's really what, what I kind of specialize in now. And I know your business has evolved like many businesses, including mine, back in the days when you were on the NLP course. It's very, very different. Even the brand name's different uh, compared to then. So give us a bit of a, a whistle-stop tour, if you can, in terms of what did you start doing in terms of your business where you were out there helping people? And how does that compare to what you're focusing upon doing now, Christy? Well, I mean, when I first started, I I just really wanted to get some one-to-one -one clients. I think that was my initial yeah. key start. And I remember the best way to do that was to sort of rent out rooms. So I didn't just rent a room in one place. I found multiple locations because I thought it'd be a great way for them. They would sort of help promote me in a sense. Um, so I, I sort of started with that. And I remember in the back always wanting to kind of launch a website, launch a website. And my family thought this was nuts. They, they just kept telling me, just go and rent rooms and your reputation will grow and it'll build that way. And I said, no, 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 I really, nowadays, and this, I mean, this was 10 years yeah. ago. I was like, I need a website. We need to have a website. So I remember we put, I managed to get this um, student that I knew, he pulled together this website and literally the next day, I like, went live that night. I remember it like must have been late on in the evening. And the next morning, the radio phoned and said, do you want to come on? The radio, I mean, at the time, this was just like, oh my yeah. God, you know, you've made it, you're going to be on the radio. Um, and so I just remember thinking, I knew I needed a website. Like, yeah. <laughs> like see, told you. <laughs> um, and so from there, that kind of then evolved into doing a lot of some media work. And I was still kind of doing a lot of the work with one-to-one uh, -one with clients. Um, and so that kind of started to shift things. So I really was, I, I love doing the online stuff and creating things online and doing videos and stuff. So that's kind of how I started out. And now we're kind of 10 years in, it has definitely evolved over that time. Definitely. And I love the fact that, and I'll put it in your, your show notes. Um, I love your website in terms of the branding. Is, it's so you, again. Um, and, I, and, and I love the fact that you definitely embrace and bring things to life that can sometimes be really complicated, especially when you talk about all these green powders and spirulina and stuff. <laughs> and why would I even take that? But I love it. Whenever I've caught any of your videos, it's just like a, 
ah, that makes sense. And um, it's very much kind of in a focused and an integrated way, which um, you've already mentioned, which is great. I remember doing, when I was doing my PhD, and um, it, 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 I didn't really fit within the academia world, although like my PhD is in psycho- psychology, it's really like a statistical-based PhD. And I remember at the coming to the end of my PhD and my professor asking me, you know, are you going to go on and work in the NHS? Are you going to become a research assistant? But none of those really lit me up. I yeah. really wanted to take almost quite complicated concepts and apply, like really help people understand how they apply to them um, in a really very real life setting. And I've sort of trying to do that with the food psychologist over time. It's, it's definitely evolved in terms of the brand and look and the feel. But it's really just trying to make something that, you know, sometimes with, especially with health conditions can be quite complicated, but really trying to make it as accessible to as many people as possible and make it fun and engaging and inspiring at the same time. It doesn't all need to be boring and, uh, you know, in that way. Definitely. And so you're still doing one-to-ones um, with clients at the moment? Yes. Yeah, so I offer sort of free strategy sessions for people who are interested in maybe some of the bigger coaching programs. We do a lot of functional medicine testing, so they're available to buy through the website. And there's sort of online courses and things which we're working on at the moment, sort of rolling out. We have our like seven day kickstart, which is just all the foods for seven days just to help people become more creative in the kitchen. Uh, so, yeah, so it's all kind of evolving ar- around that and really helping to inspire people to eat better. So even before we press record, we were having a, a good old catch up as well. And I love the fact that it's very similar to what I've kind of said in the past, where especially when you're working with one to one clients, um, which I absolutely still love, but it can feel like we're saying the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and again, you were kind of alluding to that as well. And actually how that's helped drive you towards a lot more of the online courses and the the products. So how's that working for you? And what's the intention behind that in terms of growing that for you, Christy? Yeah, so I really wanted to be able to allow people um, almost like different options. Mm -hmm. So what I found was when I was working with one-to-one clients that a lot of the time I was covering the same ground over and over again. And I thought there's a better use of, of the, my client's time as well. You know, they could be going away and going through, you know, the approach and how to apply it. And then I could actually be helping them to implement at a higher level. I think sometimes you need to hear things over and over again yeah. to hear them at a different, you know, at that different level. And I know that the clients that sometimes get the best results are those who already have a pretty good understanding of what's going on. And so what I want wanted to do was to create courses that people could be going through going through the material alongside working with me as well just to give them that support so there'd be all the recipes there there would be the how-to videos um, and and really helping them to get that extra support when they're not just with me in the session definitely because especially again from a coaching perspective and I've got that first-hand experience where nothing frustrates me more where you could be spending time just giving information which at times you definitely need. So I talk a lot about entrepreneurial superpower and the design mindset strategies, but there's so much um, power when people already have got that insight, whether they've listened to a podcast or watched a video or had some experience. And then we get to go, right, what does this mean for you? How do we help you make those changes at a personal level and relate it in an implementable way, if that's even a word. So therefore it's taking it from just a theory into, right, let's create that transformation. 
And I think that that connection is so important because I know for me, if I learn something that that's great, you know, and I think if you're in that session and you're teaching the person that concept or, you know, what you, what you've learned, that's just one level. But I think it's the power comes from them being able to implement that within their own life and see how it applies to them. Cause I know for me, if there's been times over, over the years when I've thought, God, does this really work? And how effective is this? But I think back of times that I've used it in my own life. And I think certainly within the health field, that's been really powerful for me because although I've done all the qualifications and the training, a lot of my really great insights and um, has come from my own experience. And that's a lot of times where your confidence comes from implementing it and seeing how effective it is and how well it works. And I think it gives you a different perspective on things, especially if you are a coach as well, if you've implemented it and seen you know, this this stuff was really effective. And then I love the fact that one of my mentors, Roger Hamilton, talked about in terms of being that leading learner. And it sounds like from your experience, you've went through a lot of those challenges from a health perspective and, you know, as, as you shared, and then been able to package that up and help people to go, right, you know, how do you make it accessible? And how do we figure out that there are other options out there as well? So it's about sharing that message and, and spreading that light, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I'm, you know, especially on, on my website and when I'm talking about different uh, tests and things, I'm always trying to relate it to my my own kind of experience yeah. of what I've gone through because certainly in my teens I had a lot of digestive problems. I had hormonal imbalances such as endometriosis, PCOS, I've had acne, I had depression, as I said, I have bulimia. So I, I've been through a lot of the, the things that my clients who are attracted to me have, you know, are going through at the moment and it's really helping them through that. And I think when you've, already experienced it you can just come from a different perspective definitely so i love the fact that you said that you went with your gut initially when you said i need a website and then literally the day afterwards that helped you get one of your first radio gigs so in terms of you know that's been a big part of how i've seen you in terms of being on tv shows and even your book how much of that was in your mind in terms of the goals initially when you set up your business christy well i mean i even think back to my phd because i remember my my when i said before my supervisor asked me if i wanted to do you know be a research assistant or work in the NHS I think my response was no I want to have a column I just it just wasn't me and I knew it wasn't me um I just I never really wanted to work for anyone I wanted to always do my own thing uh, and so I think that was always the intention right at the beginning was to work I guess more in the media and um, or run my own business so to speak so I, I think when I first started that was quite intentional how how I was going to do that, I hadn't really figured out. I, you know, and I think a lot of that just came from putting myself out there, having a website, being conscious of how I was presenting myself. I think sometimes, yeah. especially in social media, although I didn't have a big presence, I still don't now. I'm conscious of what I'm putting out. I'm, you know, I'm not seeing one thing and then, you know, post, posting something completely incongruent. So. And I think that's that's important is to to ha- you know to be honest about who you are and be authentic, um, and at the same time just be conscious and mindful of what you're what you're putting out into the world. Exactly, and I love the fact that even you said you know you've not had a massive following and you're looking to continuously grow that, but you still have had amazing things for what people would look from the outside and go, wow. So you know you were a nutrition expert on um, Channel Four Secret Eaters, and then even the former in-house nutritionist for Women's Health Magazine, and on countless different kind of publications as well. So again, I know you said that you just got yourself out there. Was there anything else that you think helped you to just make that happen in terms of getting the the great exposure in that way? 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess my, I think, first of all, my positioning as the food psychologist really helps. So I think, you know, they talk about the importance of niching down. Um, and I certainly, I certainly think in the beginning, you know, people were searching for a food psychologist and of course I come up. So, you know, obviously if the, when they got to the website, if it was a shambles and you didn't necessarily have, the, you know, the positioning there in that sense, they would probably go right past you. But I think if you can think about it in that sense, I think that definitely helped me in the beginning. You know, in terms of like getting on the radio, I did STV the hour, I did, used to do segments on there. And then from there, as you said, I went into Secret Eaters of Channel 4, did The Sun and Women's Health and, and different things. But I think a lot of times people found me because I had niched down in a certain way from a business perspective. I think that helped. And then word of mouth, like I think once you've done a couple of things, you, you kind of get known for doing stuff and then you get invited to do additional, you know, things lead on yeah. to the next the next thing which has certainly been the case definitely and i just love the fact and hope you know the listeners are, are getting inspiration from that in terms of it doesn't mean that you have to do years and years and years of something to make things like that that happen you know you actually can get out there as long as you're taking action and you are as you say niching down and you're portraying yourself in a way that you want to from a brand perspective then that's where things can happen really easily if you do get out your own way as well. I mean, I think that's been important because when I do a lot with uh, a lot of work with brands and a lot of times that has sustained me over the years, especially when I wanted to take a step back from doing one-to-ones, not because I didn't love doing the one-to-ones, but because I knew I wanted to build something, uh, you know, a little bit more with systems in place, being able to do courses. And that all takes time, you know, yeah. certainly for me, I would, we renovated our house. I mean, there's also life, you know, going on in the background. You know, I renovated, um, we bought this house, completely underestimated how much work was involved. It's just been like three years of living with workmen, plus, you know, my mum as well. And so, you know, there, there's all these kind of different elements going on. So, yeah, so I think it's important to realise that, you know, working with brands for me, that, that's helped sort of sustain me at times when I didn't have the time for the one-to-ones. But with branding, what I realised was, they already have the big following. A lot of times the brands have the following already. They don't necessarily need, sometimes they do, they want to align with someone who's got a huge following because that's going to, you know, help their exposure. But a lot of times what they need is some credibility. And and there's two different aspects that. So it's about you providing that credibility because you're working with the brand, you're providing your insights and your qualifications, your name, you know, and so, it doesn't always need to be that you have this massive exposure. Sometimes it's just about who you are as an individual, what your qualifications are and what your positioning is within the market. Sound advice there. So you've obviously published your own book as well. I love the title, Hot, Healthy and Happy, right? So talk us through in terms of how did that come about? Was that something you had in your mind and how did the the book publishing um, experience go for you? I grew up, as I said, I struggled with health issues for years and my grand sort of during my teens spent a lot of time with me and we used to go to a lot of different workshops and events and stuff and she was a great follower of Louise Hay and she used to read all her books, she had them all around the house and so I grew up with that and I think Hay House in particular was a publisher that I had always, you know, I knew, knew their authors, I really had followed and I don't know. I, I I was when I first started out. I had my you know my website up, and I got approached to to, to write a book for them, and that was obviously an amazing opportunity, um, especially because that was the publisher who I had you know, that that time who we followed. So yeah, so that that came about. We we did the book. Um, 
and it was great. It was a really good experience. I love writing. I think I'd done, you know, I was used to writing from doing my PhD, but this is obviously a very different type of writing. Um, and I really, you know, I've really enjoyed that. And I've sort of helped sort of work on other other books and stuff since, not my own, but with other people. So it's it's been good. It's kind of really it's made me realize how much I enjoy that kind of creative process. And I love the fact that you've said, you know, that creative process. And also just from the examples that you've given Christy around, you juggle many things at the same time. Okay. I know from years ago, I was really curious around what is your entrepreneurial superpower? So you did the, the wealth dynamics test and I was thinking, are you a star or are you a creator? I knew you were definitely going to be up in that kind of way. And you did their profile and you got the report back and you're like, yep, I'm a creator. That makes total sense to me. So talk me through that in terms of, so creators typically for those that are listening that haven't came across this yet, there's eight different types of entrepreneurs and that then has a massive impact in terms of the way that you work, the way that you get the best results and the strategies that are best for you to follow. So creators like a lot of variety. Is that true in your case? Um, yeah, yeah, I was actually reading through this again this morning ahead of this. And um, yeah, I think that, I think it's interesting because I think for so many years, I didn't embrace that side of myself. Um, and I, you know, I remember at school, my mom always kind of encouraged me, to, she wanted me to go to art school, that's what she wanted me to do. And I was like, no, 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 I need to go and do science and very, you know, the other side of the brain stuff. Um, and I, ultimately, my PhD is in statistics, you know, yeah. so it's all, you know, I really kind of went down the science route. And for years, that's what I was in, in that academic sense. But I think now, and as the years have gone on, certainly with my business, I've been able to evolve my business in a way that really plays to that more creative side of me um, and really plays to those strengths which has been an interesting process. <laughs> Definitely. And remember, again, before we came on to record this, we were talking about your website, the revamped, which went live. So again, I'll put the, the link to that in the show notes, which is great. And I was asking you, well, how did that come across? And and you said the words of, well, I had the vision in my head, which is a <laughs> typical creator thing to say, um, but I just needed to get that out there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so again, creators can be very visionary and Often it's hard to get other people, and I know it's a generalization, to try and go, right, how do you take what's in my head and make it a reality? So I love the fact that you did take some time out, even when things were going really successful for you, where you had a great website at that point, and you thought, no, I really want to take that time out. I want to refresh things. And you said to me that you've already got a, a whole host of online courses created that um, that's all there for you to now kind of get out there now yeah it was I mean when I first started I had to hire everyone to do all the stuff for me and I think there was this constant struggle for me because I would have something that I wanted implemented I wanted to look in a certain way but people just didn't have the same kind of vision as me they weren't able to implement it and probably there, there, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that, that can do it but the um I, I, I just couldn't afford them at the time. Yep. At the time, so it was like ah, this is a bit of a struggle. And so, and especially when it websites are so complicated. Like you, you know, you've got the coding side or the building side, but you also have the design side, and and then also making it functional. And you know, there's just a whole. It's, it's just very complicated. Yep. Um, so I always find that a bit of a struggle at the beginning. Um, but I think. I think I think also in terms of learning about your strengths because I think when you you know when you sent me that through and I was looking through it and it talks about the things that you're good at and the things that you're not good at I think that's been a really important part of 
my, my sort of journey. Yeah. And you know, certainly what you're saying, this, this kind of get out of your own way. I think that's all what business is. It's just like getting out of your own way consistently on a day-to-day basis because we constantly hold ourselves back. And I know that's very, very true for me. Um, I, I'm kind of figuring out ways to get around my own personality a lot of the time so that I can be successful at different things. Perfect. So do you have any examples of over the years where you have either been blocked or you had to get out your way that you could share with us? I think when I first started, it was a process of learning what my strengths aren't, what I'm, what I kind of hide from, and what I'm not great at. And it should be interesting because my husband runs a business as well. He's, a, you know, he runs a really successful uh, gym and personal training studio, and his strengths are almost the complete opposite of mine, which yeah. is really interesting to see. He's more of a like he'll shoot and then he aims, whereas I'll spend so long just teeing it up that yep. I take you a long time to fire. And so he's very good at the kind of day-to-day customer service, um, back and forth with texts, emails, all that stuff. I'm not great with that side. I'm a bit more introverted. I, I'm an only child. I like my own space. And so I've had to learn that about myself. I get yeah. overwhelmed very quickly with too much of that one-to-one dependency. Whereas when I'm when it comes to creating, I'm much more about creating an experience, creating something for someone to go through, creating those systems, putting them in place, and then letting people come in and go through you know, a, a great process um, and, and having those systems in place so that I don't get overwhelmed and I don't get too tired. Definitely. And that's where it leans into your secondary profile, which was the mechanic profile as well. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that, again, even seeing that evolution from you in terms of the one-to-one, it feels very natural to play to your superpower to then move towards how do you do more online communities how do you do obviously your book getting yourself out there and the online courses so that it still means that you're adding value but you can scale that in a way but it also allows you to have that constant creativity because otherwise if you were doing the same thing over and over again from a one-to-one I'm sure you'll um, correct me if I'm wrong is you're probably really bored and go get me out of here yeah, I'm always trying to think of the, ne- the, the next thing and, and how do you, you know, what are we going to create this time? And it's nice to have, you know, it's almost I've created a business model now where I can really focus on that creating things and learning from it and then putting in the systems in place to then allow me to then move on to the next thing, but the other things getting fulfilled. I think one of the best experiences I ever had when I was in my my late teens, early 20s, I got a job in a supermarket and I remember I I lasted two days, two days. And this has nothing to do with the the supermarket or where it was, you know, it was just some extra cash. But what what couldn't work with my particular brain and my personality was it did not matter how good I scanned the food through or how quickly I did it someone else just filled the aisle up at the bottom and had to do it all over again and this drove me insane whereas if you give me a project where I can you know come up with the ideas and I can fulfill it and and then I'm, I'm complete it and I can put a system in place so that the next time it's much faster and more efficient I can move on to the next stuff that works for me and oh. I think that that's a key thing in businesses it's learning what works for your personality and how can you then implement that in a way that, that's going to give you that long-term longevity oh I'm absolutely laughing my head off here because <laughs> you're our creator profile in terms of the wealth dynamic superpower I'm a trader profile which is a complete opposite <laughs> I worked in a number of supermarkets in my earlier days. And I kid you not, one of my favorite jobs was when I was a checkout supervisor. 
And and Christy, I remember even chatting to my mum and dad. I was at university at the time and I thought, do you know, and I'm not saying there's anything bad around it, but I remember coming home saying, I think I might actually become a checkout manager. And they're like, seriously, you're going to uni, you're doing all this and that's what you want to do. But what I loved about it was every day I would go in and, you know, I was like looking at what's going to happen, but there's all this unpredictability. There's all these things I had to juggle. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it was like a, there was a system, there was a process, there was a rhythm and routine. I was getting to deal with customer complaints and inquiries, buyer evacuations, yeah. organizing, juggling all these balls. But at the end of the day, I would then go, right, perfect. The day's closed down. You'd go back the next day and effectively it was like starting again. Start and that's something again. really what traders and those that are kind of at the bottom uh-huh. of the, the wealth dynamic spectrum, they like that type of um, service element. So it just goes to show that if I was to have the same business model as you do, um, currently, <laughs> I would be burnt out. And if you were to have the same business model as me, you'd be burnt out. <laughs> it, is really in- it is really interesting. It just shows you that it's figuring those parts of yourself out and what works is it's like at the moment I mean one of the things that you know I sort of created a lot of the back end and, and sort of re- relaunched the website and that side of it and the one thing that I you know really now need to focus on I think is the social media side which can be so overwhelming you know you've got so many platforms you've got to you know learn all this different stuff and you know what I mean like posting schedules and whatnot. Yep. And one of the things is I always have, growing up in my family, you know, my parents are not on social media. My family are very non-showy. You don't talk about yourself. You don't, pick, you know. So it's it's almost like going against your survival instinct to post it. Whereas other people don't have that. There's some really, you know, some people are quite extroverted. They just put stuff up. And I've seen their businesses really, you know, excel because they just are constantly out there and putting themselves, which is fantastic. But that just doesn't work for my personality. And I've had to really recognize that and take a completely different approach to it. Um, and, and again, that's just, again, thinking back to what works for you and how can you get out of your own way in terms of implementing, you know, a, a process that's going to take you far. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I get really frustrated because there's so much information out there. I go to lots of conferences, I read lots of books, and there's all these great, well-intentioned strategies and ideas. But if you just take it from, you know, the face value of it, you're left so confused. And that's why even when I get a lot of clients that come to me, it is because they've they've tried a lot of things. They've went and done online courses or they've been to countless seminars or whatever, and they're still going, why is this not working for me? And one of the first things is looking at, okay, well, what is your design? What do you want to make happen for you? Is the business model aligned to your personality and your superpower? Does it align with your values? And even when we get all that clear, it could be what's happening in our mind that we need to tackle as well. So that could be our beliefs about, well, can I, can I put myself out there? Is it okay for me to do that? And then it comes down to the, right, I know what my design is. I know what my mindsets are or they're supporting me what's the best strategy for me to follow rather than trying to follow everything and not actually making anything happen? I know. I mean, I think a clear sign that you're built a business almost that goes against your your strengths is when, and, and I've had this over the years, when you start to get business or you start to get clients and you think, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't want anymore. Oh no, I don't, no, don't buy this. Or that's, I mean, you know, you get that self-sabotaging yeah. because you, you've created that upper limit where You've created a, a, a model or a particular system or, or product that is just doesn't 
fit to to what works for you and yeah. so you're almost like don't I don't know I can't handle it and you're, you're sort of not wanting any more sales whereas I think once that you're in the flow and you've, you've got something that you, you know you love and it works for your strengths you're kind of welcoming the business growth and I think that that's been that's been interesting because I've seen that happen a few times over the years so I've tried different things and I'm like oh no I, there's a part of you that just doesn't want that to grow because that's it's not going to put you in a place where you want to be Exactly. And I love the fact that once we recognize that and we understand it as an evolution, you know, there's some things, for example, what frustrates me, and again, this is a bit of my rant, is where I get some people, particularly those, and I'm generalizing, that are quite creators or quite stars. And they go, especially if they're going to be coaches or, or a business that's focused around, you know, their brand, they, they do their learning and then they go, right, I want to go out there and massively scale it. Okay, and then I'll say to them, but what have you, where have you got results? Where are your examples? You know, where have you been putting it into action? And it's like, sometimes they want to miss that part because <laughs> they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that doesn't inspire me. And I want to now be standing on a stage and I want to be leading a thousand people through this process. And I'll, I'm saying, well, how many results have you had with one person? Okay, <laughs> so what I like is from, from your example is, you know, you went out there, you, you, did, the, you did the doing of it, you got the results, you got the, the great kind of learning from it. And every time it's a case of, okay, now how do I do that in a different way? So, but you didn't try and jump ahead because otherwise that's kind of where we can just shoot ourselves in the foot or not give the best experience I find to the clients or those that put trust on us as well. I mean, absolutely, because I mean, for years I did this work one to ones, which I still do now. Um, but it made me realise what I needed to give to that client to give them additional support, like the structures that needed to be in place. And so that was my sort of main focus when I relaunched. It's like, how can I almost fill those gaps in? Yeah, and also make it easier for me to work with more people um, and also work in a way that's sort of better suited for my personality because I do tend to, I mean, I know I'm like this, I do tend to take on too much, I get overwhelmed. And so as a result, um, it's being able to create a way that people can come in and they can get the results, but they're not needing just as much from me in terms of my energy on that one-to-one basis. You know, they can get that additional support alongside. Definitely. And that's where you get to, as I keep banging on about, you get to choose and you get to think about, well, what is the options here? And sometimes, and it goes back to knowing what the design is, you know, you could quite easily, I'm sure, have thought, well, how do I now get a team of people behind me to do some of the one-to-ones? And I'm not sure if that's your plan or not, but some people go, that's not what I want to do because I might end up being more of a manager (laughs) or a leader of people. And that (laughs) takes me away from what I want to do, but it gives you that chance to really, you know, tune back into what success would look like. For example, I had a, a consultation with a, a prospective new client last week, and he was talking about all the things that he thought he had to do, Christy, around social media and you know getting himself out there. And when I actually asked him the question of, well, what would success look like? And he was saying, well, I want to be fully booked. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what does fully booked look like for you? And for him, it was between nine and 10 clients consistently. And I was like, okay, so what are you currently at? And he was saying, well, consistently I'm about seven to eight clients. And I was just like, okay, but in his world, he thought that he had to go and do something completely different to get him to where he actually wanted to get to. But he was modeling people that were looking to attract like hundreds and thousands of clients. Does that make sense? So when when we had that conversation, he's like, oh, okay. I don't have to be doing, you know, um, Facebook lives 24 hours a day, for example, because actually all I need to do is 
do a little bit more of what I'm doing and that will be success in his eyes. So I think that's one thing where a lot of, from my experience, business owners get in their own way because they either are comparing themselves to others, which I've had a whole other uh, podcast episode around, but also sometimes they're not clear about, well, what does success look like? And therefore it's confusing about, well, what is the decisions that's going to get me there if you don't know what that is? Yeah, I think that's really interesting because that, I mean, when I think back to when I first started, you know, whenever I got media work, um, whether it was TV work or radio work, that just felt like this great thing. That's like, you've made it. This is fantastic. And it, and it is great. I mean, it's great exposure and it helps you to get out there. But it doesn't always translate into, you know, it doesn't always translate into clients. It doesn't always translate into things coming into your business. Um, so I've, I had to redefine a lot of that. You know, that a lot of times involved a lot of traveling. I spent a lot of time, my daughter's only 10. So I was spending a lot of time in London. I wasn't at home. I love being at home. <laughs> and so I really had to think, what is it that's really important here? And while that stuff's great and it, and it certainly helps on one level, it's not necessarily where I wanted to focus my time. What I really wanted to do is create something that I could be at home and be around for my daughter coming home from school and be able to still grow it you know and, and I think that that's been an important part of learning what would success look like for me and am I creating a, a business model or a structure that would um would feel successful and feel good to be to be part of as it grows and so I think that's been a big a big part of that journey Definitely. And even just taking that time and thinking, well, what does that look like now? Because as things grow, things can change as well. Your priorities can change. Your What you get excited about before might be like, seriously, I'm traveling too much. For example, I talked about that in previous episodes as well, where things people go, oh, that's amazing. But you're going, mm, actually, it's not all that is cracked up to be as well. So that's a kind of a, a real kick up the backside moment, I think, as well, where you go, hold on, something needs to be either fine tuned here or overhauled going forward. Yeah, and I think we can, especially when you look online now, especially on social media, and you know, there's certainly a lot of business coaches and things, and they're traveling all over the world, and they're doing all this, and that's and that's great. Or there's people who build their careers doing speaking, which for me, may, maybe later I did I did a lot of speaking before, and I find again where I'm at in my life that just didn't fit for me right now. Um, and maybe when my daughter's ten, so say in like seven, you know, seven years time, I might be feel completely differently about it when she's you know she's going off to uni and doing her own thing um and certainly with the traveling I got to think god I'm spending so much time just in like hotel rooms by myself <laughs> uh, if I was going as a family and it was integrated in that way that would be amazing but I think it's about what your priorities are maybe even at the stage in your life you know I want to be at home I want to see my daughter coming home from school um I want to be around especially my husband he runs his business and um, he's out a lot in the evenings I can't do a lot of clients at night so it's about figuring out what's going to work for you in in this particular stage in your life and being open to the fact that it can change again later definitely and be excited by that but it goes back to the whole you need to figure out what you want in the first place as well i'm working with a, a new client and she's amazing and you know she got in touch with me um, through a referral and a lot of it was that uh, she's looking at well i don't i don't want to be doing what i'm doing for for the rest of my career but I'm now at that element of going, well, do I want to have my own business? Do I want to move to a different company? There's all these options. And we had our first session um, just last week and we just 
figured out in terms of well, what's actually important to you by using a, a really powerful NLP technique. And that then allowed us to be able to then go, right, that's how your mind evaluates things. That's how you operate in terms of your values. Now let's look at currently based upon your best thinking, all those ideas that you have, will that actually get ticked off or will it not? Will it take you further away? Because I've seen people that they go, I don't like where I am. So I'm going to go there because that'll be better compared to where I am just now. But they get there and they go, this is worse because they've not actually evaluated it in a proper way because they don't know what's important to them in that sense. Definitely. So we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, okay? But I know as well as being a creator for you, you'll have lots of new things cooking up and exciting plans. <laughs> so what are some of the exciting things that you've got coming up in, over in your world? Well, I think the main thing for me is sort of starting to work. Um, I mean, I'm working one, one-to-ones with clients at the moment, but being able to kind of roll out my online programs is certainly the focus over the next year uh, which is new to me so that's the kind of new thing in my business it's quite exciting I've got all the systems got everything already built and in place but it's just really working on the kind of front end side at the moment and just being more visible which as I said before is is quite a struggle because it's interesting when you said at the beginning um you know ages ago when you sent you sent me that quiz and you're like I think you're going to be the star profile and I was like I'm not going to be the star (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because I know I have this side to me. I'm fine on camera and I can go out and do that. But I'm also got that introverted part of me that really is like, oh my goodness, visibility can can feel really challenging sometimes. And so I think that's been the interesting, the, the sort of next week while is just help, you know, figuring out ways to get out of my own way, so to speak, and put myself out there in a way that, you know, can help people relate to me and and, and get to know my work uh, without freaking myself out in the process. And and I love that because that it just goes to show as well how we could take things such on a surface level as well. Because obviously I, I got to know you during the course, and you know you, um, it was a very different place you were at that at that point as well. And then when I saw your website and you getting out there, and I thought right, you know, you, you do seem comfortable in that way. Um, and you're, you are, you know, from a brand point of view, very much kind of shine the spotlight on what you do. So therefore, even as a creator and a star, they have got different games to play. What would work for one personality would be very different from others. And that's why I love the fact that even you knowing that, it gives you a chance to go, right, let's make sure you don't move too much into the star personality at times or strategies because that would then take you into a different kind of place and actually wouldn't enjoy it as well so it's really important obviously we we could talk about this for hours i've got the podcast episode all about your entrepreneurial superpower so if you're sitting here thinking what is this man and christy going on about in terms of you know traders and creators or stars i'd highly recommend every single entrepreneur or small business owner no matter where you are in your journey that you know what your profile is and there'll be links in the show notes here, which you'll find at rapidtransformation.co.uk slash 18, where you can find out how you could take that next step and find out what your superpower is. So finally, Christy, how could people find out more about you? Where do you hang out? Where would I send people to your fine world? Well, I think the best place is over on my website. So that's thefoodpsychologist.com. And obviously, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. We relaunched the YouTube channel as well. Um, so again, it's just Dr. Christy Ferguson or The Food Psychologist, and you'll find me. And I'll put all the links to them in the show notes. And final, final question. When are we meeting up for a nice green smoothie? Oh, <laughs> 
very soon because we do live close to each other. It's crazy. Exactly. And again, I love the, the episodes on your the YouTube channel where you've been making those green smoothies. So yeah, I'll definitely pop down your way and then <laughs> I'll, I'll taste one out and I'll, I'll do a review for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, good. Sounds good. Perfect. So thank you for your time and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you. Bye. If you feel like you're still just scratching the surface and growing your business, and even with all the action that you're taking, you still regularly feel stuck or frustrated, then the chances are you're hitting one of the three business growth blocks that many entrepreneurs and business owners face. But don't worry, you can rapidly transform that from today. Simply start by taking my free business growth block quiz to see if your design, mindset and strategies are currently working for you or against you. Your results will help you put your finger on the elements that need your immediate focus. Plus, you'll also get access to a short video series with lots of practical ways to either fine-tune or overhaul each of these essential foundations. Take the free quiz now over at rapidtransformation.co.uk slash quiz.